0: Catholic Connection is a co production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
2: It is a Tuesday morning. Hope it's going well for you. We have a lot to talk about today, as we always do on Catholic Connection, so thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Very excited to have Dr. Patricia Cooney-Hathaway that, with us. She's an author and a speaker and a professor of spirituality and systematic theology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in the Archdiocese of Detroit, of course, right in my own backyard. What's interesting about our topic for today with a good Dr. Patricia is that she's going to be doing a course online which is really neat so it's not just for folks who are attending Sacred Heart and Sacred Heart obviously is a major seminary here in Detroit for those pursuing the diaconate and also the priesthood but it offers so many great programs for the laity who are interested in ministry different types of theology degrees ministry degrees and anyone really just who wants to take a course and learn more about their faith and it's an excellent seminary you've probably heard about it we have so many incredible professors including Dr. Ralph Martin, Dr. Mary Healy, dr robert fastigi and so many others including of course dr patricia cooney hathaway so looking forward to chatting with patricia that's coming up after the break and talking in general about spirituality and we hear that term oh i'm spiritual i'm not religious but this is not what dr cooney hathaway is talking about she's talking about understanding what real spirituality is so you can of course understand more deeply what it means to have a relationship with jesus so dr patricia joining us again after the break and then we're going to take a look at the movie Sound of Freedom and how well it showed the problem of sex trafficking. Patty McGuire Armstrong did a great piece for The Register just recently. And one of the sources she interviewed was Deb O'Hare Ruskowski. Now she's a former critical care nurse and she's also a special advisor to the Ambassador in Human Trafficking for the Order of Malta's Mission to the United Nations. She saw the film and she has some interesting insights into the film and how well it did describe the situation, but also looking at this picture, this issue from a global perspective and what we can do to help because it's such a huge problem that we need to keep addressing. So that is a program for today on a Tuesday morning edition of Catholic Connection. The forecast, we still have some really, really hot weather going on to the point of being very dangerous. Heat wave and poor air quality, both of those things are persisting in the weather across the country. The heat wave continuing in the southwest, south central U.S. and also Florida is being greatly affected. Now it's normally warm in Florida but obviously in the summertime it gets hotter but not to the point of what they've been seeing lately. South Florida expecting record-breaking heat. Those other areas as well and this will occur they say for a good portion of this week and then we still have that smoke from the Canadian wildfires continuing to bring poor air quality to parts of the northern and central U.S. into the east coast. And rain is still a big issue as well. Thunderstorms and heavy rains possible today, according to the National Weather Service across parts of the mid-Mississippi, lower Missouri Valley. So that's our forecast for today on a Tuesday. You are listening to EWTN. Catholic Connection is a co-production of both EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. Check us both out online, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. Three minutes past the hour, a lot of news to get through, never a dull moment, right? So let's get started on a Tuesday and see what's happening. (music) Iowa's new abortion ban on hold, at least for the time being. A Polk County judge yesterday temporarily blocking that new law, which essentially bans all abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. The judge's ruling will stay in effect as the court deals with a lawsuit filed by abortion providers and the American Civil Liberties Union. Those groups have said the new ban is unconstitutional, but the Republican Governor Kim Reynolds signing that new ban into law last Friday, saying the ruling yesterday is thwarting the will of the people, and she says she'll fight all the way to the Supreme Court over the matter if she has to. Well, Cardinal Matteo Zuppi meeting with President Biden at the White House later today. It's all part, as Francesca Merlo from the Vatican tells us, of a three-day visit where the two will be talking about the human cost of war and the issue of Ukrainian children who have been deported to Russia by the Kremlin.
3: The Archbishop of Bologna and President of the Italian Bishops' Conference is accompanied by an official of the Vatican Secretariat of State. The visit to the U.S. Capitol is taking place from the 17th of July to the 19th and comes on the heels of Cardinal Zuppi's previous visit to Kiev and Moscow. Pope Francis appointed the Italian cardinal as his special envoy in early June, entrusting him with the mission to open paths for dialogue and to seek peace in war-torn Ukraine. The Holy See press office statement released on Monday said the purpose of Cardinal Zuppi's visit to Washington is to promote peace in Ukraine. The visit seeks to facilitate the exchange of ideas and opinions regarding the current tragic situation, as well as to provide support for humanitarian initiatives aimed at alleviating the suffering of the most vulnerable people, particularly children, according to the statement. Cardinal Zuppi visited the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, on the 5th and 6th of June, where he met with President Volodymyr Zelensky and several other high-level officials. The Cardinal then travelled to Moscow on the 28th to the 30th of June where he met with a foreign policy representative and Russia's children's rights commissioner. Cardinal Zuppi also met with Patriarch Kirill of Moscow and All Russia and discussed humanitarian initiatives that could foster peace in Ukraine. Speaking after the visit of Moscow, Cardinal Zuppi said the priority is to work for those who are most disadvantaged. The children must be able to return to Ukraine, he told reporters. Thus, the next step will be first to check on the children and then to see how to get them back, starting with the most fragile ones. Upon returning from his mission to Kiev and Moscow, Cardinal Zuppi met with Pope Francis to update him on the results of his peace mission in the Pope's name. I'm Francesca Merlo. Filming of the
2: fourth season of The Chosen, the popular Christian TV series about Jesus and his disciples, according to the Catholic News Agency, will continue this after a union granted the production an exemption from its strike against major Hollywood studios. As a report at Catholic News Agency explains, the strike was announced last week by SAG-AFTRA, the Union of the Screen Actors Guild, and the American Federation of TV and Radio Artists, representing more than 160,000 members such as actors and singers. Now, the show initially said on Twitter that it was affected by the strike, CNA explains, because it employs actors who are members of the unions, which, according to Deadline, includes Jonathan Rumi. He's the actor who plays the role of Jesus. Responding to questions online, however, the show said it requested an exemption because it is privately funded. As we mentioned in the weather, a punishing heat wave being felt across the southwest showing no signs of letting up. Phoenix again hitting 110 degrees yesterday for a record-tying 18th consecutive day. Temperatures of at least 115 degrees are in the forecast for the next several days. New York State Police are revealing their investigator was the one who identified Rex Hurriman as a suspect in the Gilgal Beach murders. Major Steven Utis says the investigator was relieved of all other duties and assigned to solely work on that case in February of last year before identifying the suspect the following month.
4: The task force worked as a team to move forward with that information and their investigation and ultimately confirmed that Rex Huerman was in fact the individual responsible for at minimum the deaths of three women.
2: Judith says it was the first time Hurriman was considered a suspect, and the Gilgal Murder Task Force tracked him for months. He was arrested at his Manhattan office last week, and investigators have been searching his home for days. He is charged with three murders. He's also the prime suspect in a fourth. Trey Thomas tells us Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis says he will always stand with the State of Israel.
4: While speaking at the Christians United for Israel Summit in Arlington, Virginia Monday, DeSantis blasted the Biden administration's
5: relationship with Israel. You only care about applying disfavored treatment to the state of Israel that is anti-semitism and that is wrong
4: the 2024 gop presidential hopeful called president biden's treatment of israeli prime minister benjamin netanyahu disgraceful noting biden has yet to invite him to the white house since taking power in israel last year
2: connecticut is finding out that threatening the life of someone online is actually no joking matter even though he says he was just kidding when he posted a thread to kill the Florida governor on social media. Brendan Hughes was arrested at last Friday and charged with threatening and harassment in connection with a post he allegedly made on Twitter days earlier. He reportedly told police that he hates a Republican presidential candidate. But his threatening comment was only a joke, pointing out that he has no access to firearms. He's now free on a promise to appear in court on August 18th. Brian Shook tells us Joe Manchin's appearance with third-party groups fueling speculation of a possible 2024 presidential run.
0: The Democratic senator from West Virginia appeared with Republican former Utah Governor John Huntsman at the event sponsored by the No Labels Group. No Labels says it wants to represent Americans who are tired of extremists in the Democratic and Republican parties. Democrats are growing increasingly concerned a possible third-party candidate will only help former President Trump.
2: A Colorado man facing allegations, he planned to travel to Iraq to join ISIS. 18-year-old David Meyer was arrested at Denver's International Airport on Friday on charges of providing material support to a terrorist organization. Investigators say they began looking into his behavior last year. After being alerted, he was talking about traveling to the Middle East to join ISIS. An undercover agent began talking with Meyer and documenting those alleged plans leading to his arrest. in last week as he attempted to board a plane to Turkey is when his arrest took place. Police are now searching in New Jersey for a pair of brazen bandits who robbed a North Jersey storage facility. They broke into a company called Extra Space in North Bergen last week, and three and a half hours later, it was more like an empty space. They ransacked 100 storage units, loading high-ticket items, including musical instruments, electronics, and furniture, onto a U-Haul. Police say they prepped for the heist by wearing head coverings, goggles, masks, and reflective vests and putting black masking tape over the security cameras. The cops say the place had no alarm system, but the next night they did have a security guard. Lisa Taylor tells us the Federal Reserve is eyeing yet another interest rate hike, and this could be in September.
1: A July rate hike has been taken for granted for some time, but the Fed's decision for a September raise isn't yet clear. The committee will have a chance to analyze new inflation data before a September decision is made. Raising interest rates is thought to be the best way to combat inflation, but it also makes it more expensive to finance a house or car.
2: It's costing more than ever for parents to raise a toddler in the nation's capital. Daycare now topping $24,000 a year. Making D.C. the most expensive place, a recent study showing that comes out to 73% of a single mother's income, with most having to pay just to put their child on a wait list. Home-based care is slightly cheaper at 19000 A Washington, D.C. doctor is making history in treating a disorder that kills up to 100,000 people a year. Stephen Abramowitz is now the first in the world using a device for deep vein thrombosis, or DVT. It's a type of catheter that removes clots from stents placed in the body. He says the procedure is minimally invasive and does not require a hospital stay. The burger chain In-N-Out will be barring employees from wearing masks in five states. Starting August 14th, employees in Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and Texas will not be allowed to wear a medical mask at work unless they have a doctor's note. The rule will not apply to workers in California, where the company is based. The company says its new mask guidelines emphasize the importance of customer service and the ability to show employees smiles. Employees who are cleared to wear face coverings in the affected states will be required to wear an N95 mask provided by the company. And finally in our news segment at almost 14 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday morning, it's July 18th, Mark Mayfield tells us about the incredible story of an Australian man and his dog who are now safe after spending not one, not two, but three months adrift at sea.
4: Timothy Shattuck and his canine Bella were rescued in the Pacific by a Mexican tuna boat. The pair were apparently in rough shape when they were found, but they were given food, water, and medical attention. They're expected to arrive in Mexico sometime today. Shattuck said he'd been surviving on rainwater and raw fish after a storm severely damaged his vessel en route to French Polynesia.
2: And if you're just tuning in to EWTN, thanks for listening to Catholic Connection. A reminder, it is still going to be extremely warm out there in several areas of the Nation, the heat wave continuing in the southwest and south-central U.S. as well as south Florida. Record-breaking heat expected each day through tomorrow or longer. Smoke from the Canadian wildfires and National Weather Service says continuing to bring poor air quality to parts of the northern and central U.S. into the east, along with thunderstorms and heavy rains, adding to the situation today across parts of the mid-Mississippi and lower Missouri Valley. Fifteen minutes have passed the hour. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. More information can be found at EWTN.com and, of course, AveMariaRadio.net, both networks co-producing this show and many others here on EWTN. Dr. Patricia Cooney-Hathaway from Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, an online course that's available to everyone, An Introduction to Spirituality. More on that coming up next.
6: The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I come from the other side of the tracks. See? My uncle used to have slot machines. Put one nickel in and it's emptied. And I brought him home in a bag. And my mother looked at me, where did you get all that money? I said I won them. You didn't win him. He fixed the machine. I didn't care if he fixed the machine or not, you know?
4: EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
0: You and your spouse are invited to cruise with Royal Caribbean this January, along with Father Michael Schmitz, Archbishop Nauman, Al, Teresa, Dr. Ray, and many others. Get away with your spouse on a fun, relaxing, and rejuvenating cruise with inspiring speakers, daily mass, and endless memorable experiences. Father Michael Schmitz comments You'll encounter an amazing community of couples and speakers, and most importantly, You'll encounter Christ. More details at AveMariaRadio.net. Just click the Travel link.
1: Father
7: Benedict Crochelle.
0: Ah, oh, I love reverence.
8: Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings. And no matter what I see, I see reverence. Awe. Oh, I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh, yes, let me say it. And when I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of mass. I stopped the mass. We prayed for the man while the police were coming, the ambulance. They removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered respect. I wish it were true today.
5: EWTN.
4: Live truth. Live Catholic.
2: 17 minutes past the hour. It's a Tuesday morning. It's July 18, 2023. Our guest, Dr. Patricia Cooney-Hathaway, trying to find her. It's not picking up the phone. Happens sometimes. It's live radio. I did want to bring attention to a very important story that's been covered on a couple of outlets, including ours, Catholic News Agency. There's an excellent report on this about 21 international doctors signing open letters against youth transgender transition procedures. So this is a very big deal because what these doctors, international doctors, from a number of places, including the US, but especially from Europe, because they put a kibosh, if you recall, on these surgeries and giving these kids puberty, puberty blockers because they've seen the negative fallout. And what's really powerful about this letter is they're saying, I'm shocked, I tell you, well, not really, being sarcastic, but that the doctors here who are pushing these horrible procedures, the puberty blockers, which are very, very dangerous, are exaggerating the results. They're not dealing with reality. So Catholic News Agency has this story, and let me just share a little bit with you as we try to get our guests. If not, I'm, this is really important. I did want to dive into this anyway. A group of 21 doctors, and this was posted, by the way, on Catholic News Agency by Daniel Payne on the 14th. A group of 21 doctors from countries around the world writing publicly that the ongoing push to provide young children with transgender or transitioning procedures is unsupported by current evidence, and that medical officials should shift their approaches to managing youth gender dysphoria." Now the open letter was published in the Wall Street Journal, the first open letter, on July 13th, responding to an earlier letter by a doctor very involved in these procedures here in the US. In that letter, that doctor claimed that, oh, it's all wonderful. Transgender medical treatment improves the well-being of transgender and gender-diverse people and reduces the risk of suicide. This particular doctor who supports all this referred to life-saving care, involving the use of synthetic hormones and irreversible surgeries on reproductive organs, sometimes for children younger than the age of 18. Now in their response, as Catholic News Agency explains, a group of clinicians and researchers from a number of countries France, South Africa, Finland, and here in the United States, and none of them is coming from this, by the way, from a religious perspective, okay? Now, we know to be true about the human person made in the image and likeness of God, male and female, but they're coming at this from a medical perspective. They're looking at the risk of cross-sex hormone usage, and they're saying, you know what? You're creating lifelong patients. Now, to me, as a reporter, we were always taught to follow the money. Consider the source and follow the money to the things you learn in Journalism 101. So if you have people who are going through these surgeries and their lifelong dependency is created on medication, and then you also have a lot of anguish, these doctors say, the anguish of regret, can you see the money connection here? Because not only are they dependent on medication, but they're also dependent then on what? Psychological help probably counseling and and, and all kinds of things, right? So these are doctors, these are medical people who were doing this over, primarily over in Europe, who are saying, whoa, what you're claiming here in the United States, which by the way is being pushed big time by this administration and the HHS, arguing that the risk of cross-sex hormone usage for youths are significant. Sterility, lifelong dependence again on medication, and the anguish of regret. And here's what they're recommending, by the way. And we'll post this story for you on the archives at Ave Maria Radio. A number of European authorities and international medical groups now recommend, oh, here's a concept. Let's talk to these people first. Psychotherapy rather than hormones and surgeries as the first line of treatment for gender dysphoric youth. And listen to this quote. This is the clincher here, folks. The writers urging medical societies in the U.S. to, guess what, align their recommendations with their best available evidence rather than exaggerating the benefits and minimizing the risk. Oh, you mean we have to look at reality? We don't like doing that. We're not good at that the best available evidence. And look, this is not coming from a political perspective. This is not coming from a religious perspective. These are European authorities and international medical groups who have recognized that all these claims about how wonderful this is, and all these claims that they're sitting down and counseling these kids before they go through these horrible transitional surgeries, and they've given them these dangerous drugs, this is what has been said all along. If you talk to a Dr. Meg Meeker, a well-known pediatrician that we have on this show many times, or if you talk to psychologists, including our very own Dr. Greg Popcheck and Dr. Ray Garendi, sit down and counsel these people and find out what's going on. Counsel these kids. And then this article also mentions this very, very powerful research that's been done in the explosion of transgender-identifying youth around the country. CNA cites research from Lisa Littman in 2018, a professor at the School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, authored a report on the phenomenon of what she deemed rapid onset of gender dysphoria. And guess what she found? It's occurring in a big way because of peer pressure. Kids feel pressured to belong to a peer group where maybe one of their friends or some of their friends have become gender dysphoric and are looking at, quote-unquote, transitioning. And where is that coming from? Where are these young people getting these ideas? The Surgeon General of the United States just put out a report on social media and the mental wellness, mental health wellness of young people. He strongly says that young people should not be on social media, should not have a cell phone, even at 13 years old. He said that's too young. How many kids in grade school have cell phones and are accessing social media? The numbers are through the roof. And do we not realize that a lot of this pressure is coming from TikTok and Instagram? Not so much Facebook, because that's usually now for for, uh, older folks, but social media, Kids are on their phones and on their laptops several hours a day. Adults aren't much better, but where are they getting this messaging? And they're getting pressure, peer pressure, to become or try to become the opposite of what they are, which we know can't be done. Major U.S. authorities, as Catholic News Agency reports on the other hand, publicly supporting extreme youth transgender treatments. And yet, across the pond, they've shut down several centers, at least temporarily, because they're saying we need medical caution, especially in children and adolescents. Let's stop and look at reality and speak truth. There's a concept. 25 minutes past the hour. We'll be right back. We'll also post this link to this excellent report on Catholic News Agency. Stay tuned.
5: Are you into setting goals for yourself? I'm Chuck Gatica and this is Journey Strong. Setting realistic goals is a practice we can all utilize. SMART, S-M-A-R-T, is an acronym that can help us keep our goals real. S is for specific, narrow down your goals and make a deadline. M is for measurable, we live in a world that tracks numbers and data. Concrete numbers can help us track progress. A is for attainable. Sometimes we think too big or bite off more than we can chew. Be patient, Scripture tells us. Rome wasn't built in a day. The R is for relevant. Relevant goals can be determined through our own values. Stay dedicated to how God wired you and what you stand for. Finally, T. This is time bound. Write down your timelines and deadlines to keep you on track and honest. Without these, it's hard to maintain success. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Living
8: the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Saint Jose Maria Escriva says that we are called to light up the pathways of this earth by being sowers of peace and joy. This comes from being aware that we are sons and daughters of God. On the road of life, though, we find dangers, but God walks with us every step of our life, pouring out the gifts of His Holy Spirit upon us. Our Lady is our companion, like GPS in our car, connected to the cloud and bringing the latest updates to help us navigate our journey and get out of traffic on the way to the eternal kingdom. We don't want to get into family fights on our way to God's vacation destination, but we should be these sowers of peace and joy. We shouldn't accept substitutes, accept only the authentic identity of being his children, his sons and daughters. Let's grow in happiness and bring peace to those around us. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. Welcome
2: back. Having a great Tuesday. Great to catch up with Dr. Patricia Cooney Hathaway, Professor of Spirituality and Systematic Theology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. In my own backyard, the Archdiocese of Detroit, this uh, seminary is amazing. It has a great reputation and does, does such a wonderful job to help people grow in their relationship with God, but also offers all kinds of courses. For lay people as well, in addition to training deacons and future priests, it's just a wonderful place, and we're so blessed that it's right in our backyard. And we're also blessed now that there are courses, including the one we're going to discuss this morning, that are available to others outside of our area. So, Patricia, great to catch up with you. This introduction to Spirituality, I think, is super important because oftentimes we hear, and you and I were chatting about this during the break, oh, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. This is not what this course is about. This is to help people be spiritual in the sense of developing relationship with God, right?
6: Yes, I mean, absolutely. Um, I think sometimes, I just heard recently that the uh, the challenge of today is not atheism, but indifference. Hmm. And I think for many people, they just don't particularly think that there is a need for a relationship with God, and as if somehow life here is all that matters. And the whole purpose of the course is to help people recognize the fact that we're made in the image and likeness of God and true happiness is ultimately going to yeah. come from our relationship with God.
2: So it's an online college-level course. So when is it available? How soon does it start?
6: It will be beginning uh, September 11th. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's a, a course that is offered in the fall.
2: So this is a college-level course, for, a, a college level course for, for anyone, right? And you don't have yes. to be from our area, you don't have to be a Michigan resident or, or a Metro Detroit or anyone can sign on to this, correct?
6: Well, the beauty of an online course, um, and and we've had people from Australia, we've had people from different parts of Europe, that's the beauty of an online course. It's just not for those who are in the United States or Detroit, but it's for anyone who is interested in their own spiritual growth.
2: Yeah. I I love in, in, in the summary about the course, it says, A goal is not just to learn about God, but to help you take on the mind and heart of Jesus Christ. As one student shared, this is an incredible quote, I feel like I'm lost in the crowds of Jerusalem and I want to come and meet Jesus face-to-face. Wow.
6: Exactly. And that, that is the comment someone made to me. So it, it, it's not a made-up. It's somebody that said, I'm yearning for a relationship with God, and I want to know how to go about it. And one of the issues that we take in the course is, is what does it mean to pray? does it mean to develop a relationship with God? Teresa Vavilas says, you know, to pray is to have a conversation yep. with a God whom we know loves us. Right. So that's and, and, one of the reasons yeah. of the course.
2: And I love that, because she also says it's like having a conversation with a friend. And she had that kind of relationship with Jesus, didn't she? That's
6: right. That's right. And that is one of the issues we looked at, too. There's so many distorted images of God out there. Uh, God is the judge, or God is the policeman, or God who doesn't have my back. And so one of the issues we take in the course, topics we take in the course, is who is the God that Jesus reveals, the God of love, of God of forgiveness, a God mm-hmm. of mercy, of God who wants a relationship with us. That's the whole people, the reason why Jesus came.
2: Yeah. So there's a number of items that you cover in the course. So what will people learn if they enroll in this online course on spirituality?
6: Well, certainly one of the issues, one of the topics they will learn is what does it mean to pray? Uh, one of the other topics is discernment. You know, how do we, how do we make decisions, Teresa? I mean, how do we know that the decision is going to lead us closer to god and closer to our true selves and what thoughts and feelings and actions lead us away from god uh to worry and to depression and to anxiety um all that uh it's a a very important component of the course and and students really appreciate that kind of a guideline another topic we look at is sexuality for many people they see sexuality as a block to a relationship with god rather Mm -hmm. than an avenue to a relationship with god So it's very important that we have a positive understanding of our sexuality. Uh, Another is the human journey. I mean, uh, we look at Eric Erickson's stages of of psychosocial development, and where is grace? And within each stage of our development, where is God leading us to not only human wholeness, but also to holiness? And uh, those would be some of the topics that we take conversion. You know, it's, it's one of the first points in Matthew's Gospel, be converted. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it mean to put off a false self and learn what it means to really operate out of our true selves, which which is what God wants us to do. God wants us to flourish. God doesn't want a dwarfed humanity returning to God at the end of our lives, but a mm-hmm. fully developed person that uh, is able to contribute to Making the church and the world a better place. So those would be some of the topics that we would be covering.
2: It reminds me. I don't know if you had a chance to read the Pope's Angelus message on, on on Sunday. It was just beautiful in relationship, obviously, to the gospel. And it's interesting. Deacon Dom and I were talking about this last night. I never thought of that gospel in the way of Jesus being so merciful that He's willing to spread the seeds everywhere to give everyone a chance to 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 rise up and accept him as their Lord and Savior and have that personal relationship. I always thought of it from the other perspective where, you know, looking at it from the seed perspective, where the seed lands or landing on the rocky soil, but uh, Monsignor Bougueren, a good friend of yours, and of course my pastor was talking about this in his homily as well on Sunday, that this is how merciful God is. He's gonna throw the seeds everywhere, and the Pope said this too, that no matter where he's going to give everyone a chance to come, he's not gonna force it, but he's gonna let everyone have that chance to accept him and say yes.
6: Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You know, Jesus makes it clear that the, his message is for everyone, you know, and where you find people trying to operate or live out of self-giving love or people that are searching for meaning and purpose mm-hmm. in their lives. God is with them. God is directing them. And, you know, we look at many of the world religions as a preparation for the gospel, and uh, the Nostra Aetate, one of the documents of Vatican II, talks about that, that there, are, there are rays of light in in every world religion, right. uh, because God wants all men and women to be saved, not just yeah. a few.
2: Yeah, it's it's really just I think understanding and, and and what we were talking about during the break, taking it out of of obviously uh, the, the sacraments, the Eucharist, source and summit of our faith. But then, how do we apply that? Just as a deacon say at the end of Mass, "Go in peace, glorifying God by your life." So it doesn't end at Mass; it really begins, does it not?
6: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I tell my students, I tell the seminarians, I, it, it, when you begin the day, Lord, you know, let me do all out of love and for your honor and glory, and that gives the day a focus, and that's what we're trying to help people to do, that, that as you begin each day, you want to make sure that you're living a life of love, you're living a life that's going to be better for you, for others, and for God in your life, and yeah. and uh, that's very, very important. So how
2: do we sign up for the course? We just go to the Sacred Heart Major Seminary website, and it starts in September. It is the course in Introduction to Spirituality given by our guest, Dr. Patricia Cooney-Hathaway. So just go to the website, Patricia, what's just, the best just way? go to
6: the website, and, and they will take, give you the instructions on how to sign up for the course.
2: That's great. And it starts when in September?
6: It starts that first week of September, I think it's September 11th. So that's that right. first week, not the week of Labor Day, but the following week. That's when it begins.
2: In terms of how it's going so far, have a lot of people signed up yet, or is or it yeah, not been? We have
6: a, yeah, we have a very, good, um, a very good group that has signed up thus far, um, and, of course, we're always looking for more. That's why it's an online course. It's available to anyone. They can look at it at any time of the day. That's the other beauty of online. Right. You can plug in, and if you're a morning person in the morning, if you're an evening person in the evening.
2: That's awesome. Patricia, thanks. All the best and love to hear how this is going. The class is offered again through Sacred Heart Major Seminary of Detroit. The website is shms.edu, and you can go right to the homepage, as Dr. Cooney-Hathaway said, and you can look at academics, course schedule, all the information is there, and you can sign up for this beautiful course all about true spirituality and building our relationship with God. An Introduction to Spirituality is the online course. Dr. Patricia Cooney-Hathaway, Professor of Spirituality and Systematic Theology at Sacred Heart, is offering this beautiful opportunity to grow closer in your relationship with God and the church. We'll be
1: right back. Father
7: Benedict Groeschel.
8: I don't think people should have negative fears of God but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the pope or to the president of some country or something. You might get a lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have, and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize his presence. And in proportion, as we believe that he is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us.
5: EWTN.
4: Live Truth. Live Catholic. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Knowledge by acquaintance is what St. Paul's talking here. We need to increase our acquaintance of God. What can we do to increase our knowledge of God? Well, study scripture, pray, fast. But here's the obvious question. Are you increasing in the knowledge of God? Or are you simply kind of staying stable you're living off past encounters when we speak of increasing our knowledge of god as i said you can read all the books you want about god and you'll have lots of information but it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily become acquainted with him we
5: need to know god by acquaintance and that's what lies at the heart of all true religion cresta in the afternoon weekdays at 4 eastern on ewtn radio
2: Strong and positive response continues for the movie Sound of Freedom. There's a, really a movement now, an awakening on this issue, despite the fact that Hollywood tries to suppress it. It's not working. It's a movement, I believe, of the Holy Spirit. Deb O'Hare Ruskowski is a former critical care nurse and a special advisor to the Ambassador on Human Trafficking for the Order of Malta's mission to the UN, and she, of course, is with us this morning. And she was featured in a beautiful piece by our friend, Penny Armstrong on the National Catholic Register website just recently. Deb, it's good to talk to you again. And I know you saw in the movie, I haven't been able to get tickets yet in the Detroit area. It's been sold out consistently. We keep trying and we really plan on seeing the film. It really, I think from what I'm hearing from people, opens people's eyes on this problem of trafficking and in particular, the trafficking of children. What was your response as someone who works on this issue in terms of the film?
7: Yeah. Hi. Good morning, Teresa. And thanks so much for having me. Um, you know that sound of freedom movie. I am encouraging more and more people to try and see it, even though it's not available everywhere. Um, my reaction. You know, I watched it. I I was fortunate enough to be invited to preview it, and then be interviewed by Patty and, and others. And um, I will tell you, um, I automatically had a gut. Um, you know. A, a knot in my gut the whole time, and because of um, anticipation, and I was pleasantly surprised and and happily relieved to see that it's nothing is explicit, and I think people need to know that before they, they. So many have said, "I can't go see that," "I can't go see it," and I think it's very important to let people know nothing is explicit, right? Um, no graphic and um it, it is inferred of course right and they in how they handle the children in the movie is very respectful and you know one of the things we always worry about like oh, what are the effects of the children even acting this way acting in these roles but it was very well done it was an excellent movie and uh this child, sex child um child sex trafficking excuse me is just exploding and i mean to the point of, you know, if we say epidemic levels, and I, I think it is even surpasses it, and people don't believe it, they don't want to believe it, and it's really um, it, this was based on facts, and I, I was so happy, to, and uh, they they focused on this and made it so well done for people to really um, take it seriously.
2: I interviewed the uh, director of, of the movie before it came out in you know, the week of Fourth of July and you know the numbers are, are, are just staggering as you said at epidemic levels and he was mentioning and I know that Jim Caviezel has mentioned this as well as a producer of the film that in the United States we're the number one consumer of this type of material involving young children. What do you think is mm-hmm. happening, Deb, in our country that, that makes oh. us the biggest consumer of this? Yeah,
7: you know, that's a great question, Teresa, and uh, I'll tell you, you know, the United States, first of all, at the U.N. They, and the state level, um, the U.S. state level, they um, categorize countries into tiers, and they all put them in, and also put our places of origin, destination, and transit. So if you think about it, where they originate, you know, where they travel through, and where they ultimately end up, the United States, It's all three, which is unusual. Usually Mm. a country might be one or or the other, but the the U.S. is all three. Well, and the numbers went up. I had to change all my, you know, teaching and training materials from 40 million to 50 million, and that just happened within the last six months.
3: That they finally
7: aggregate, yes. So try to wrap your head around that. That's That's amazing. Now, that's worldwide, people that are caught in... Um, to human trafficking um,
2: situations. Why is it so high, do you think, We're in the U.S., though?
7: In the U.S., well, you want to blame the border. And the highest uh, cities with the worst cases of um, human trafficking do, are around the border Texas, California, Florida, and, and New York and Florida are tied for third place. So we have four states, that, but it's also the international airports, it's mm. also the, the corridors. What are corridors? The corridor of 95 all down the East Coast, the corridor between Milwaukee and Chicago. It's ripe. It's a recipe for human trafficking. Why? They have the motels, the truckers, the drug trade, the weapons trade. That all feeds in to a perfect storm for human trafficking to occur. And, and there's another one in Ohio. But those, the top two are the 95 corridor on the East Coast and the Milwaukee to Chicago, which I was, I was shocked when I learned that years ago.
2: And We're talking – yeah, it's it- – go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, the, you know, you asked me specifically
7: why the U.S. Well, we have people just – droves of people coming into our country that, you know, unfortunately, there's just no laws around it. And, and right now, between that and the Afghanistan um, uh, debacle and the Ukraine war, that has really increased the numbers dramatically. Um, and somehow the U.S. is really being a, a melting pot of that as well.
2: Hmm. Talking with Deb O'Hare Waskowski, former critical care nurse and special advisor to the ambassador on human trafficking for the Beautiful Order of Malta and their mission to the UN. And I, I, this is such a massive problem, Deb. How do we get our handle? How do we get a handle on this? Is that even possible?
7: Well, you know, I think it is. um, There's the four P's that are associated with human trafficking, and that's prevention, prosecution, protection, and partnership. And I think what we're concentrating right now on is the protection to those that are already in it really need a place to go. We've been training, uh, so far, global strategic operatives. That's our training arm of the Order of Malta mission to the U.N., and we have gone and done studies and pilot programs to make sure we're tra- our training is effective. We've already trained over 750,000 healthcare providers mm-hmm. around the world. And that's really saying something. And, okay, so they're learning. What are they learning? How to identify and take right. appropriate action. So that's, that's one thing. And then we're also starting to try and get more safe houses with the Catholic Church. What kind, you know, what kind of properties do you have on your list? Sadly, a former convent, a former rectory. Can we trans uh, repurpose that and transform it into a safe home? That's one thing. The second thing is prevention. I think those are the top two Ps, the protection and prevention. We have now are working with people that have a uh, curriculum, K through 12, and, and very age-appropriate, just like, you know, teaching them don't get into cars with strangers and don't do drugs and all that, all age-appropriate, K through 12, and and they get into, starting in middle school, the meaning of human trafficking and the luring and the social media. Mm -hmm. These kids, there was a spike in sex trafficking, especially among boys, during COVID. And why was that? They were isolated. They were home. Online a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Right, Mm-hmm. And that 14-year-old boy inviting them to play video wasn't a 14-year-old boy at all. So we know what's happening out there. We need to educate the next generation so they don't get caught up in this. And, um, of course, the, the, as long as there's demand, there'll be human trafficking. And the demand really starts when the whole pornography industry mm-hmm. has exploded. Yeah. So, you know, we really need that prevention education for the uh, younger people on how to maintain that dignity of the human being.
2: What about, Deb, a really good education for parents who still can't get a handle on the media situation? I stress this all the time. That's my area of expertise. I write books. I speak on it. and, And it still shocks me. And you look at the research from groups like the Parents' Television Council that despite the fact that every single cell phone company offers protections on cell phones, parents can buy a package. They can monitor their kids' behavior. There are tools. And yet the surveys, the research shows that parents are not taking advantage of these tools, and I'm not sure they're, they're understanding what their kids are being exposed to online, especially in social media circles.
7: You are absolutely right. They, are, they do not understand what their kids are being exposed to. I, even in my own personal circles, I have taken upon my, um, myself to educate not just the, our children who are married with kids, but even their friends. And one time I saw somebody that had a cute, adorable picture of her, her, you know, four-year-old girl, but she was in a nude picture. Now, years ago, it was innocent, it's beautiful, right. but unfortunately, they need to know that there are sick, awful, evil people out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and the things that we're teaching, too, were, you know, the parents need to know um, all the protections that are necessary, and they think that they need these uh, cell phones for emergency. I mean, I don't know how we ever up without it, but, um, you know, I, I do believe it's a different world out there today, mm-hmm. so I do respect the parents that want to do that. However, they need to know how to protect them, and um, and they need to tell them. more. More and more I'm hearing stories of the parents that have learned about it with their kids, and let them know, if you're ever frightened, if you're ever scared, call me right away or call the police. And a neighbor friend of mine uh, did tell me after she talked to her daughter, her daughter was in a Walmart, and this guy was following her. Hmm. And and she got her mom on the phone. She said, Mom, I don't know, but he doesn't have a basket, and he's not he's not taking any, any um, uh, articles Items. to buy. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: And... Um, So she said, Ellie, get get up to the manager and ask him to call the police. And uh, she got up there, but the guy left, and off he drives in a van by by the time the police had arrived.
6: Oh, my
2: gosh. And
7: that van was just like in the movies, not that it happens all the time, but it does happen, and that van was right next to her car. So, (gasps) uh, you know, this is where the parents it's a hard conversation, like any conversation. But, you know, you don't want to scare them, but at the same time, you don't want to ruin their innocence. But at the same time, just like you told your kids not to get in the car with anybody after school that you don't know, they've got to do the same thing. And most of the time, you know, in the U.S., different from the movie, now the movie talks about a lot of kidnapping, and that does happen. In fact, when we had to get the message out to the Ukraine women, we had to say, beware of kidnappers, because they wouldn't mm-hmm. have understood what traffickers were, right, right but in the United States, it is more luring and grooming that you know the the girl that's in high school and all of a sudden she's dating a guy that she and and he you know that he you know makes her fall in love with him and then uh, brings her home uh he she brings him home for you know Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, and um they get to know, and then she uses that against her gets gets to know all her vulnerabilities and our one of our best survivors, she even said, um, college kids asked her, Why didn't you get out? Why you were in it for eight years, why you weren't chained to anything, why didn't you just get out and run? She said, Because he would say to me, I know where you live. And I know your you parents, I
2: know talk? your family, and I'll kill your family, yeah. right? Yeah, we had a case yeah. like that yeah. in southeastern Michigan because we have a group called uh, It Pearls of Great Price, and it's a, it's a Christian group that helps women and young girls, you know, come out of trafficking. And there was a girl yeah. that was being trafficked. She would go to school during the day, come home at night, Deb, and she'd go out the window and then be trafficked. You know, horrible story, Right. And used, yeah. and she was scared for her family, and they had developed a relationship, they knew where she lived, and they threatened to kill her family. Same thing.
7: That's it. And, yeah. and you know, that's the, that fear is the thing that keeps them. It's mental and in psychological bondage. And so this is what keeps them in. So when people, you know, I think the parents think that, oh, I'm in a good neighborhood. I, they're going to a good school. Mm-hmm. And they have to realize that any child is prey at this point the preferred commodity sadly right now are young children especially boys and so the average age um, uh, for a trafficker to target is 11 12 and 13. now this is thick and it says a lot about our society Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of work to do but this these are the facts that the parents need to wrap their heads around and really take action to really educate themselves and educate their kids in a manner that they feel that's appropriate for the child to understand.
2: Deb, before we let you go, and I could talk to you for hours, I'd like to have you back on to dive into this more deeply. It's so, so Absolutely. crucial. Is there is there a website or a good resource for families listening this morning? What would you recommend?
7: Well, you know, I have Global Strategic Operatives. It's all one word, all small case, Global Strategic Operatives, with an S at the end, .org. And that's what we've been doing in training, mostly the health but we do partner, of course, with those that can teach the law enforcement, the business sector, the hospitality sector. And we have started a safe host, safe home called the O'Connell House um, so they can see what we're doing. Um, if they need anybody needs any help, I'm happy to guide them in, in the area that I can help them with. Even if we don't do it, I can find somebody else that can answer yeah. their question or help them. And my, my, you can, they can reach me at deb at globalstrategicoperatives.org.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to give out the website again, and it's globalstrategicoperatives.org. You are a breath of fresh air and so informative, and thank you for using your knowledge and your gift and your love of God to make a difference. We've been chatting with Debo ohara former critical care nurse, and a special advisor to the Ambassador in Human Trafficking for the Order of Malta's mission to the U.N. Again, her website, super important, globalstrategicoperatives.org. We'll be right back.
9: As a Catholic mom, I know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Lisa Popcheck from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home, that's catholichom.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting Catholic parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert help with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to personalized expert support, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along and love the Lord. Downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, and a supportive community and tons of other benefits, like my Momfidence podcast. Go to catholichom.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic home community. Again, that's catholichom.com. I can't wait to see you there.
4: People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
2: talk to you tomorrow on a Wednesday. Of course, we'll go to Rome with Joan and much more. See you then. Adamani.
1: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.